Well, it's a Thursday, and it being a Thursday, uh, we always uh, try to catch up uh, with David Bileski uh, because there's always uh, a little bit of golf on of uh, high profile. And, uh, of course, uh, last week uh, we saw the finish to the season with the Tour Championship and Victor Hovland uh, taking all the spoils, 18 million bucks. So uh, our attention now turns to uh, the DP Tour, um, and uh, that's of interest because uh, they're playing uh, the Omega Championship. I, I believe that's in Switzerland on that picturesque course up in the mountains. It's uh, a real beauty. Uh, David Bileski will be all over this, and, of course, the, the Ryder Cup, uh, which is uh, not too far away either. So uh, David's on the line now. Uh, David, of course, from Deep Dive Golf on Twitter, a student of the game of the highest order, and uh, really good to listen to if you're uh, looking to perhaps uh, make a buck while you're watching the golf. Uh, David, good morning to you. Good morning, Sadi. Hey, Victor Hovland. I mean, how good was that level of golf? And and not to take too much away from Xander Shoffley either. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely unbelievable. I mean, Victor Victor Hovland's had a, a very, very impressive year. We we mentioned um, on the, the interview, um, I believe it was the, the week before last, just how he's possibly moved into a, a different tier of golf and now alongside the likes of, likes of Rahm and Scheffler and McRoy um, to form kind of a big four. And it's it's a, been a remarkable season. He finished in the top 20 at every single major this year. He had a second at the PGA Championship, seventh at the Masters. He had a third at the Players' Championship. Um, he won the Hero World Challenge, the Memorial Tournament, one of the elevated events at Jack's Place, and then finishes off the playoffs with a win at the BMW Championship and the Tour Championship as well. So very, very... Um, you know, illustrious career already, and uh, he's uh, 25 years old. He hasn't even, even hit the, the ripe old age of 26. So um, we've got a, a very exciting year, I think, ahead of us for Victor Hovland with um, surely a major on the horizon soon. Uh, to me, uh, an amazing turnaround in, uh, in Hovland's game. Uh, I mean, he was just far, far and away uh, the best player on show, um, perhaps in the last fortnight. I mean, Lucas Glover had a terrific fortnight as well, but Hovland just took it to a new level for me, and and I'm not sure he's got a weakness anymore. His short game, they used to say, is a little bit questionable, but you couldn't say it now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's spot on. Um, the the driver was absolutely on rails. Um, he's he's always been a long driver, but um, the accuracy has been really seen a huge uptick as well. Um, and if you can drive it long and straight, that's always a very very good recipe for success. We all know what he can do with his irons and his approach. Um, play, but yeah, I mean you're you're correct. They're, they're around the green game. He's added a whole bunch of new shots to his arsenal. He's been able to pull them out in high pressure situations. Um, some very you know interesting new bunker shots that he's been able to get a lot, generate a lot more spin on, and adding those to his game. I mean, since May, he's actually gained around the greens on the majority of his um, tournaments, and and you know he he well knew that was the weakest part of his game. Um, he heard enough from uh, the media, um, let alone um, his coaches, and and knew. That was what he needed to improve, and um, it, it, it now looks very, very good. And so you've got this very complete profile of a, of a golfer who, once he gets into contention, um, absolutely slams the door shut. He stays very, very calm under pressure and um, just keeps his foot on the pedal. And I thought, you know, his final round performance, you know, he opens up with a, with a six-shot lead and um, and going into that final round, and, and you feel sort of can think that someone like that can just, just run away with it. But it looked at one point like it was going to come down to just two shots because of the standard that Xander Shoffley was playing. And he spoke in his, his press conference afterwards how his game game plan had to 
um, change in that final round. Originally, it was just hit the middle of the greens, you know, make some putts, you know, come in at a at a par or a minus one or a minus two, and make some come out and catch him. But Sander just kept his his um, pedal to the floor and um, forced him to actually go and seek some pins, and and he managed to change the game plan and um, keep keep the foot on the throat. So, um, very 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 impressed. And um, yeah, as I said, I think that we can expect a, a major from um, Victor Hovland um, in the next couple of years. The DP World Tour is uh, the focus, of course, uh, just a little break, not much of one, and, and then, of course, they're back into season for 2024, basically, the PGA. But, uh, yes, the DP World Tour goes to the uh, Amiga European Masters, and uh, €2 million Euro up for grabs, which is uh, almost chump change compared to what they played for in America the other day. But uh, having said that, there are also, uh, I imagine, some Ryder Cup places Maybe still to be confirmed from uh, Luke Donald. Of course, uh, he's now uh, the captain of Europe, uh, taking over from Henrik Stenson, who went to live golf. So um, interesting uh, looking at the Europe side of it and this uh, tournament this weekend, David. Yeah, I mean, to, to start with, it is one of the most beautiful golf courses in the world, nestled high up in the Swiss Alps. Um, every single direction you look on, almost every hole is just um, a stunning, stunning backdrop. So it's worth watching the tournament just for the views um, alone, um, seeing this beautiful course. And I think the, the green keepers here have perhaps the hardest job of any in the world because you see it in winter when it's absolutely just um, covered in snow and having to get the greens to the standard um, that they do is, is incredibly impressive. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a quirky little course. It's a, it's a strange kind of fit. And I mean, you mentioned, mentioned the Ryder Cup. I really hope that not too much credence goes into this tournament because it's kind of the complete opposite of what we'd expect from Marco Simone, um, the Ryder Cup host, later this year. And, and conversely, last week's host, the, the Czech Masters, Albatross, is almost a near per- perfect doppelganger for what you'd expect for, for Marco Simone. So the, the, there's certainly a few players in contention. Um, Yannick Paul, for example, if he goes out and wins this tournament, um, he can actually surpass um, Robert, Robert McIntyre for one of those automatic qualifying space, um, spots on the team. So there's still um, a lot to be decided, and um, I think that would give some headache for McDonald going into his Ryder Cup selections. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic course. It's thrown up some very good winners, and um, got the likes of Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's, who's won here twice, um, flying over from um, the Tour Championship to, to compete. So it's going to be a very, very good tournament. It is actually, and uh, if we look at uh, some of the outright uh, chances here, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick is uh, in some markets uh, quite a warm favourite to go on and take this uh, ahead of uh, Ludwig uh, Aberg, who's uh, a name being mentioned in dispatches for Ryder Cup duties as uh, it is for Nikolai Hoygaard as well. Uh, They're both uh, just uh, on the second line of betting uh, as I follow it down, and yeah... uh, (sighs) I guess an opportunity. Yannick Paul is um, about on the 10th line of betting. So what kind of... Obviously Fitzpatrick, it suits his fit, but Fitzpatrick, what about um, what about other golfers? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really quirky course. It's, it plays a lot like Valderrama, um, which is obviously one of the most iconic um, courses on the DP World Tour. And um, strangely enough, it's got really strong links to the Kenyan Open as a form guide. I mean, that should be uh, a lot, a lot of form goes through that tournament. Um, we've seen Sebastian Soderberg, for example, win it both. Um, Jorge Campillo, who is the winner um, this year in Kenya, was fourth um, at this course in Kransas year um, last year. 
here. Um, I think he's a very good shout at eight one. I'll throw that out there. Um, and then players like Ashen Wu, who um, typically, you know, they're not the, the highest performers um, on the DP World Tour, but he's won in Kenya, and then he was he has a record of a six and a ninth here. Um, and when, when Sebastian Soderberg completed the double of those two tournaments, um, the player who he beat in the payoff, um, Lorenzo Gaye, um, he was victorious um, at the Kenyan Open as well. So there's um, all sorts of links there. A lot of that comes down to the fact it's played at altitude, um, but also small greens where you're around the green game really needs to be on fire. Um, it's pretty rare that you actually see such a high correlation between um, your scrambling and success. And so strokes gained around the, the green plays a real big part. Um, it, it's also a course that, that takes the driver out of um, players' hands because the course is so short. Um, I mean, look, five, six, and seven are all reachable par fours, but realistically, the seventh hole is really going to be the one that they, they go for and the longest it is can reach that green with an iron anyway. So it does take the driver and leave it in your bag um, for the most part. Um, driving actually plays a lot, lot bigger part um, and wedge play as well. So, um, I mean, when you think of Matt Fitzpatrick driving accuracy um, approach, from under 125 yards and um, his chipping are some of the biggest strengths in his game and that there's, there's um, obviously um, some correlation to success here. So for me, that actually takes a lot of those bigger names at the top of the market um, out of contention for me because it is so volatile. These tree-line fairways, you can find trouble pretty easily. Um, that takes the likes of the Nikolai Boygaard and the Adrian Ronks and Ludwig Aberg um, out of play a little bit for me because... So much of their game is based on the driver, and, and this course kind of forces them to, um, you know, take one of their their biggest tools out of their toolkit um, in terms of finding success here. So, of those at the top, um, Alexander Bjork was the one who um, piqued my interest um, the most. Um, I think he's mm. quite an obvious choice. Um, very, very accurate golfer. He's had a fantastic record here: the 16th, 28th, 13th, and 16th in his four starts. Um, and um, yeah, they've just had this, this five-week break of the schedule. He's not a long driver. In fact, he's one of the shortest drivers in the, the DP World Tour. And then last week at the um, the Czech Masters, he was actually the leader after 36 holes on a on a course that is very, very driver-heavy and kind of the complete opposite of this course. And he finished 14th in that tournament, which is really not his um, his style of tournament at all. So comes in here with a very good record. And um, since May, he's finished in the top 10 in seven out of 10 tournaments. So I think that he's a very, very good shout um, at 25 to 1. Excellent touch, too. Right, okay. Uh, let's get to um, uh, what uh, is one of the great spectacles in sport, actually, the Ryder Cup, which is uh, none too far away and uh, so close, in fact, that the teams are all but finalised. USA have done theirs. Zach Johnson has. Uh, uh, decided with his captain's pick, uh, not necessarily to go with players with the hottest form, uh, but looking at combinations, and I go right to the bottom here with Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. On form, Justin Thomas uh, wouldn't make a third team, um, but he's made it on the basis that he's uh, got experience, uh, and Zach Johnson probably says, put him alongside Jordan Spieth, he'll grow a leg, um, and they might be a, a nice combination for me. What did you make of the, the captain's picks for the USA? Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a really interesting conference, and it's been actually it's been even more interesting the sort of twenty four to forty eight hours following the the fallout from it because the the outrage over the Justin Thomas picks was um, actually a lot uh, higher than I perhaps suspected it would be. And um, look, I, I think at the end of the day, we need to we need to always keep in mind the the Ryder Cup is such a unique event. It's a team event. What happens in the locker room? Um, 
bringing that team together does make a big difference in terms of the morale um, of that team going out there. It's also played on one golf course over three days, and every each golfer, you know, you, you might if you're playing if you're playing in the um, foursomes, you know, you might only hit 16 shots across the first two days um, because you're playing alternate shots. So um, it is a quirky kind of format and. Justin Thomas, in many ways, has been the heart and soul of his team, along with um, Jordan Spieth in terms of that pairing. It's been one of the flagship pairings for um, not just their Ryder Cup squads, but also the, the USA squads going to the President's Cup as well. And I, I think it was going to take quite a bit to see him um, dropped out of contention. Um, I, the, 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 the fact is, players had the opportunity. You know, the, if we saw, for example, Keegan Bradley last week at the Tour Championship, he started very, very hot. Um, and then over the weekend, he shot three over and sort of tumbled down to ninth. Now, if he'd finished third, second, or contended for the victory um, last weekend, we could be having a very, very different conversation here. He could have gone out and grabbed it, and he just simply didn't. And that's kind of the, the story across this USA team at the moment. Some of these bigger names have just not been performing. Tony Finau comes to mind. He would have been a shoe in at the beginning of this year, yeah. um, won twice on PGA Tour, uh, had a very good President's Cup um, last year as well, um, and the form just hasn't been there. So no one's really put up their hand, and it would have taken a lot, I think, for Zach Johnson to then turn around to break up one of his flagship pairings off the back of a bunch of guys not really putting in um, an extremely strong claim. I think, as I said, Keegan Bradley was probably the strongest of those chances. Um, the weekend probably hurt him a little bit at the Tour Championship. Cameron Young, I think, can feel a little grieved, especially given the fact that for a couple actually said he was going to be on the team about six weeks ago. Um, so that would have been a very interesting phone call for Zach Johnson to make off the back of that. And I actually think Cameron Young's um, game would have suited Marcus Simone really well because he's such a strong driver of the golf ball, and that's going to be really important on that course so it was a, it was an interesting team not too many surprises I think the Sam Burns was probably the last slot that got filled um, after JD and mm. it would have come down to between Burns and Young and um, and Bradley Sam Burns has got a great relationship with Scotty Scheffler they're very good friends and they played together at the President's Cup um, with with pretty mild success it must be said but um, Sam Burns was actually the one who was carrying Scotty Scheffler through that tournament and giving um, his putting woes at the time so it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see I think it's a it's a it's it wasn't an unsurprising squad, let's put it this way, for me. I, I did suspect JT was going to make it, as I mentioned on the show, um, the last couple of weeks. Right, and uh, for Europe, uh, still some holes to fill for Luke Donald. You mentioned the Robert McIntyre uh, position there. I'm not sure if uh, he missed out in terms of his rankings, whether he'd be a pick uh, for Luke Donald at this stage, but he may well be. Uh, but McElroy, Ram, Hovland, obviously, um, Terrell Hatton, uh, Tommy Fleetwood uh, are pretty much givens, but then uh, we have a whole host of, of golfers, and unless you follow the DP World Tour, some of these guys uh, will be obviously making debuts in the Ryder Cup, but not that well known. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because you start naming the, the top of that Europe team, and it just looks incredibly strong. I mean, you've got John Rahm, Victor Hovland, we know what he's been doing lately, Rory McIlroy, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, you know, some really great players um, within the squad. Um, Shane Lowry finished in the top 20 at three majors this year quite quietly. Um, and then um, Robert McIntyre, his, his driver's a huge weapon. He's won at Marco Simone as well. I, I, I And then he had second at Scottish Open, and um, we got pipped at 
by some miraculous um, Rory McIlroy antics right at the end. So I think Robin McIntyre is certainly in the squad, and that's why I would sort of add a wrinkle if, if Yannick Paul somehow managed to, to achieve victory this, this weekend um, because I, I think Luke Donald kind of has to put Robert McIntyre on the team at this point, and it would just kind of make him um, have to pivot in terms of some of the other selections. But um, Adrian Moronk's the past winner on the course. He's had a very good season, um, extremely strong off the tee, one of the longest drivers on tour, and we've seen him jump across to some of the PGA Tour events very well as well. Um, so I think he's a factor. Sepp Strucker has had a great year, um, again, making the Tour Championship, playing very well and um, and getting some wins. And the thing with Sepp Strucker that I do like, I, I don't think it's necessarily as strong as fit. I think he's very likely to be on this team. Um, but I don't know if it's the strongest fit for him in terms of where um, his game sits in terms of leaning more towards driving accuracy than driving distance but what I do like with Seb Strucker is that he's the kind of guy who can go out and shoot minus eight and if we're looking at the top of this European team where the top eight to nine look really competitive against the the USA top eight or nine well all you're really hoping with those bottom three or four is that one of them can go out have a, a spike round go out and shoot a 62 and then suddenly steal a point off someone that they're not expected to beat um, and that, that becomes very intriguing so for me I think that the strongest of the, the three spots um, the strongest combination would be to go for Moronk, Aberg, um, and then yeah you're just going to gonna find I think that um, Struck is going to sneak in there as well so um, yeah I, I've, I suspect that's the way it's going to go um, Striker will sneak in um, McIntyre will qualify on his own ball um, and then possibly Moronk and then Nikolai Horgard as well and Aberg might be the one who's a bit unlucky to, to miss out but yeah Moronk, Aberg and Nikolai Horgard would be my three preferred choices but I think Striker probably steals a pick from, from one of those three Okay, very very interesting. Uh, while you've been talking, uh, obviously a lot of interest, uh, David, when uh, people are following you, uh, Grant has texted in and said, uh, what's Foxy up to? And it's an interesting question because uh, where are we thinking he'll be playing the bulk of his golf uh, in the coming season? Yeah, um, well, I've seen that Ryan Fox uh, his last round in, in Auckland made a hole-in-one, so congrats to him um, making a hole-in-one at Royal Auckland um, last week. Um, yeah, so, so Fox will be back in the field next week at the Irish Open, so that's going to be a really big event. Um, Roy McIlroy's going to be playing that alongside Shane Lowry as well, and then um, you've got a few of the Americans coming over, so Billy Horschel's playing, Min, Min Woo Lee, um, Tora Hutchins in that field as well, Aaron Rye, so that's going to be a very big event, so um, Brian Fox will be back for that. And then the week after that, we've got the BMW PGA Championship, which is the flagship event of the DP World Tour played around Wentworth. So some very big weeks coming up for um, the DP World Tour there as well. So um, always a bit hard to tell when, when the golf has taken a break. I think that, that Foxy probably needed it. Um, and I hope he's had a, had a good rest and ready to enter into um, kind of the, the pointy end of the, the DP World Tour season with some of those flagship events and the DP World Tour Championship coming up in November as well. It's not too far away too. Okay, uh, excellent. Thanks very much for uh, the update as uh, always, David, and uh, we look forward to uh, this event uh, at that beautiful course, as you mentioned, uh, in the Swiss Alps, and uh, then of course uh, the Ryder Cup naming from uh, Luke Donald and co. Uh, Thanks for your time, David, as always. I hope to catch up with you next week as well, man. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks, Tony.